1077 The Franchise is your flagship for Oklahoma sports. So we decided to launch a podcast with the very best names in Oklahoma sports media to cover it. When they said no, we called in some interns. Thank goodness John changed his mind before we did something stupid. This is Inside OU with John Hoover on the Franchise Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Inside OU Podcast. This is Brady Trantham alongside Mr. John Hoover. We're not at Blue on Monday. We're not at the stadium. We are at the Brew House in Norman, yeah. my uh, second favorite spot. And shout out to uh, everybody at the Brew House for letting us come here on, on shut short, such short notice. I said shit on accident. Did but you, are you going to have to bleep that? No, no, because <laughs> I was kind of sh- stressing out because you've got to get to Edmond to go have a... Uh, um, dinner with your son. Yeah. So I don't want you to be stuck in Norman for much longer because you've been here all day. All day. All day. You were here Since for about nine o'clock this morning. Yeah. And hello, everybody watching on the uh, YouTube machine. Uh, <laughs> we've got a bright light shining on us in a dark uh, bar. In a dark bar. Basically. I know. So basically, once people start showing up, they're gonna be like, "What the hell is going on?" It's a it's a big scale TV production. You can see yeah. clearly. Yeah. Are these people important? Right. I mean, you are, John, but I'm not. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> I didn't feel too important at the press conference today. Well, I th- didn't ask Jalen Hurts any questions. Well, see, that's what I was going to get to. I asked Lincoln Riley two questions. I asked Kenneth Murray one or two, and he gave me some good answers. I just didn't feel like dealing with Jalen Hurts today. <laughs> see, that's what I was going to get to. I haven't had a chance to even watch the Jalen Hurts. I mean, can we call it a press conference? Because I, I heard yeah, about it's it. It's on my YouTube channel, yeah. at John Hoover on uh, YouTube. So, yeah, just scroll over to the right, swipe or whatever you got to do to get to Jalen Hurts. After you're done watching us. That's right. Um, um, I just didn't – I really – I turned the camera off at some point. I said, I, I think I've had enough of this. So, I mean, what was the deal? He just didn't want to talk? He didn't want to talk. He did not want to be there. And his deal this week, his his mantra that he's chanting this week, um, we just want to go 1-0 this week. We just want to go 1-0 this week. Well – you know, what did you think about Kansas State and how have you learned lessons? We just want to go one another this week. Well, what does Iowa State do? They got really good defense, but we're just trying to go one another this week. Come on. Got a lot of Russell Westbrook in him. Yeah, he does. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, is there is there anything? Because I thought it was I thought it was odd, and I don't know if th- how rare this is, but I thought it was odd that Lincoln Riley didn't have any players be available last week. Is that normal? And the only reason why I ask is because you you say Jalen Hurts did not want to be here. Uh-huh. I get not wanting to talk about a loss because right. with how he's conducted himself and what his goals are, I mean, those goals took a huge hit last Saturday when OU went to Manhattan and lost. Um, how he's conducted himself to be the leader that it's probably the reason why you and I both agreed on the last podcast that we did. Like, I thought Jalen Hurts' leadership would have left um, led OU above this. Yep. And all that took a hit. So that could be why he didn't want to be there. But, I mean, is there something there? I don't think – okay, so Lincoln last week said no media this week. Number one, it's an open date. Yeah. And I seem to remember last year, maybe the year before, where during the open date it was just one media availability, it was the head coach, and that was it. I think this has happened before. This is not a rarity. But the way he explained it was this is a this is the makeup of this team – the way that this team is, they've been given a lot of praise. They've been told a lot of things about how good they are. So I just wanted them to step back and, and take a look at it from a different perspective instead of, oh, I get to go out and talk to the, to the press again today. He wanted them to be aware there's bigger things out there than getting your 15 minutes in front of the camera. And so I, I get that. I'm, 
I actually enjoyed just getting to talk to, to Lincoln last week. It makes for a smooth, simple week. You don't have to, you know, you're not transcribing a bunch of quotes and you're not processing a bunch of videos. And so from a, from a, with the open date, there wasn't really much to, Hey Jalen, what do you think about the open date? We're just trying to go uh, open this week. So nobody you know asked what him. What I mean? I mean, what would that have been? What good would that have been last week? Nobody we asked him it? about force touching. <laughs> how how tired? Thankfully, how tired are, are you of saying that? That's a tired subject. God. Forced touching. Yeah, I listened to your Locked On podcast with the Ask Hoover blog, <laughs> and I, I tried to. I, I stopped counting at like eleven. You said force count, force touching eleven yeah. times. I was like, I'm done. That's well. <laughs> how many times do you think in a fifteen minute press conference or fifteen minute conference call with Greg Burks, the coordinator of officials for the Big Twelve Conference? How many times do you think the word might have been used? I can say this it was because disgusting. I it's can like s- something. It's like a Star Wars pedophile. I can say force this. <laughs> <laughs> I can say this because I don't cover OU like you do. I'm not in the OU media sphere. Greg Burks, large dickhead. Not a fan. Not a fan of him or his, uh, well, no, no. I'm going to defend this this yeah. shitty conference and its shitty officials and the shitty job they say. did. I don't think he was a dickhead, so to speak. I think he was just feeding us a line of manure that we were all reluctant to. Yeah, to that eat. sounds like a dickhead to me, John. He's being a company man, and I get where he's coming from. But he was basically saying that block that you saw that where the guy blocked the guy into the ball, that didn't really happen. That wasn't really a block. That wasn't a force It was touch. one bullet, and it went up and down, <laughs> up, down to the side, <laughs> and then it went back up, and then it killed JFK. It was the magic football. That's right. <laughs> the magic block. But let's uh, enough of the force touching because that was two weeks ago. Hey, we're just, I'm just trying to go one another this week. Oh, God. I mean, yeah, hopefully. Iowa State's not – a bad team. They just lost. Um, what, did, what did they do this past week? Was that they when were they were open? They were open as well. Okay, yep. that's why I couldn't remember. Um, they're coming off a loss to at home to Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. which was rather shocking, but Very not extremely shocking. Brock Purdy threw three interceptions in an eight-minute span in the fourth quarter. Has has he been taking care of the football? Purdy is has it? been. Yeah. He's been very good. I don't know why I went into the season thinking that he was kind of brash with the football. Like he he was he's a high risk, high reward yeah. type guy. Yeah, no, that's but maybe right. he's that's probably fair. Okay. Um now like it, it wasn't shocking from the standpoint of when OSU when Spencer Sanders isn't turning the ball over, OSU does have a lot of talent on offense and they can beat you on any any given Saturday. Um they did a lot of good things, but I was still kind of shocked that Iowa State wasn't able to take control at least in the second half. But regardless they're coming off a loss, too, just like OU. Both teams are going to come into Norman Saturday night at 7 o'clock. Thank God. Um, highly motivated. You just hope that Jalen Hurts with the whole, we're just trying to be 1-0, we're just trying to be 1-0. You hope that that's basically the main focus and that yep. all those goals that kind of went out the window for the time being don't take over and just go like, ah, I'm just going to go through the motions right. now. Right. So what we've got right now is about 6.45 on Monday night. And what would it have been about maybe 30 minutes ago? I just got off uh, of it, out of an interview with Ronnie Perkins. Ronnie Perkins said, after the K-State game, he said we got off the plane and he said we uh, we went to uh, you know we we got to where we were going. Everybody got off the plane and and he said we had a big kind of a not an informal team meeting. And I didn't stick around because it was interview was wrapping up and so yeah. But he, I don't know whether it was like in the jetway or, you know, in the airport parking lot. You know what I mean? I'm not sure where the meeting took place, but he said that uh, there was there was like a team meeting and they addressed leadership and they addressed being more effective and they addressed 
uh, being more concise in their words and, and being more uh, precise on the field with the football, taking care of the football. And Keegan, our man Keegan Renault said, who, who, was the, who was the one doing most of the talking? To Ronnie Perkins, the defensive end, right? You guys are going to love this. He said it was Jalen. It was all Jalen. Jalen Hurts That's did a good sign. all the talking. That's a great sign. And he wanted he, he talked about how, you know, bouncing back from a loss and, you know, being leaders and being accountable to for your own mistakes and you know, the whole the whole spiel. And it was the quarterback who talked to the whole team. Offense, defense, special teams, coaches, probably, I don't know. I mean, that's I think a, that stands for something, don't you? No, I, I think it does too. If Jalen wasn't was absent in these talks, that would be concerning for me. Now, oh, you could still go in. That 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 doesn't mean that OU is going to beat Iowa State or they're going to lose to Iowa State. That's if, a good if, step, if, though. If, if, yeah, but it's a great step. Take a p- step in the right direction. And this is a program if that I can a, borrow from Jalen. <laughs> this is a program that over the last two seasons they've suffered a midseason loss, a midseason upset that nobody saw coming. Uh, and they still navigated through the rest of their schedule, uh, championship November, and got to the playoffs. So it's so. What did you think about? Did you happen to catch my stat? Lincoln is two and two. Yeah, that that was I actually open date and two and one after an open date. Yeah, that was the same podcast I believe where I, like afterwards I had texted you and said I love you for like <laughs> tearing down the sporting news top coaches of all time because that list was garbage. Yeah, it had some had some. It was uh, interesting. Had some uh, big red zits in it. It was it was a nice list with some really ugly pockmarks. I guess that's a good way to describe it, and they are your employer, so I don't want to put you too much on the spot. But you did a good job of being like, ah, I don't agree with it. Um, <laughs> we can all disagree. Exactly. Civilly. Um, no, but with this team, with what, with what they have to do now, I mean, Jalen Hurts. If he's 2-2 two and two after an open date, after this game, think about that. You know what I mean? 2-2 two and two before, 2-1 two and one after. Yeah, that's that's clear evidence when you're a 13-and-a-half point favorite. That's clear evidence to me that you're being distracted by something. And for him, his one thing in yeah, life he, is recruiting. Yeah, you pointed out the recruiting aspect, yeah. and I thought your question was phrased really well. Like when you asked Lincoln last week about, how you know, busy you, are you? You're guys not. This you're week? not just going to straight up ask the guy like, "Are you distracted by recruiting?" <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it does. I mean, I don't know. It OU's losing. Like they lost to Texas last year, and you can say it's unforgivable considering the, the point spread and like what we knew of Texas going into that game, but that's a rivalry game. If yeah, OU is ever going to be upset win. by a team that they're heavily favored by, if for some reason it happens to be Texas, it's going to be that. Them losing to Iowa State at home, them losing to Kansas State on the road, nobody thought that that was going to happen. Right. Um, in fact, I remember I, was, I had to fill in for uh, Dylan and Todd on 107.7 The Franchise around, I think it was after July 4th, Everybody was gone or hung over. So Chisholm Holland and I, um, and I dug this up today. Chisholm Holland and I did the show, and we did an OU segment with Keegan Renault um, over the phone, and we basically just went through the schedule and said, like, what's their record? And I said 10 and 1 or 11 and 1, how many regular season games they play. I said 11 and 1, and they'll either lose to Kansas State or TCU. And I didn't say that with the knowledge that I knew Kansas State <laughs> was going to be good enough to do it. Nicely done. Or if I knew TCU was going to be yeah. able to do it. It was just. Because OU always loses these games. Yeah. They always lose one game in the middle of the and year. And at that point of the year in July, TCU and Kansas State were both picked near the bottom of the conference. Yeah. So you're on to something. I mean, if, Sadly. if Spencer Rattler is all that we've heard of and De'Aaron King doesn't transfer to Oklahoma next year, but if Spencer Rattler is the, the type of player that we've been um, believed to hyped up to be, 
I'll pick them to do the same thing next year. They're going to be talented. They're going to lose some guys, yes, but they're, they've got a lot of talent coming back. Their schedule is rather favorable. Um, they've got Tennessee on, Tennessee uh, non-conference. They'll, they should probably be able to beat Texas. They should probably be able to navigate their non-conference, and then they'll lose some games. Sam Ellinger versus – Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler, come on now. But you know the stat. But that stat that you dug up didn't matter. I'm just kidding. Not, not to Jalen Hurts, it didn't. Spencer, what was it like playing in the Arizona State title game? <laughs> Is it like the Iron Bowl? Right. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, the whole leadership aspect with Jalen Hurts going um, into the next game against Iowa State after a loss because, yes, uh, that's, that's very nice that Ronnie Perkins pointed out that, no, Jalen was the guy talking to the team. Great. It also um, means a lot to me that Jalen Hurts was one of three or four players against Kansas State that actually came to play mm-hmm. and right. played at a winning level. Because him right. I, I'd put Jalen, C.D. Lamb, uh, Q. Overton, who I thought had he was good. His his best game was as a Sooner was wasted. It's yep. a shame because he had multiple tackles for Agreed. loss that set up third and longs that the, that then the defense wasn't able to capitalize off of. Um, let me try to think. Gabe Burkich. Gabe Burkich. There's Gabe, your four. There you go. Maybe Creed Humphrey even, but the offensive line was dominated. Yeah, I don't think so. I would disagree with you on Creed. Is Creed an All-American? Is he going to just get like the, oh, yeah, we know his name. It's a center. Yeah. He's a returning yeah, because, starter on a – Because a lot of guys – first of all, he's got a memorable name, Creed. Yep. Uh, great secondly, band. He's got a great <laughs> – exactly. Great uh, boxer. He's got, a, he's got a great helmet logo on the side of his helmet, and they're averaging a million yards a game. So what, when, when these riders like myself – go to compile our postseason All-American, All-Conference teams. Gosh, I don't know. who. I really haven't been watching offensive line. I've been watching Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts and Jonathan Taylor and Chuba Hubbard. Oh, you know what? There's a guy that plays at OU. That's right. They have a million. And his name's Creed. I'm definitely voting Boom. for that cat. That's how, you know. Be honest. Have you All ever. All you young parents out there, name your kids something awesome. Uh, DeColdis Crawford. Going to LSU. Um, be honest. When you've tried to, when you've had to like fill out an All American or whatever type list, have you ever looked at like pancake numbers for like an offensive lineman that you may not, like? I, I'm not going to watch Houston all year. <laughs> Honestly, this is on the sports information directors who get their information from the coaching staffs. If they will publicize it, I will look at it. Oh, I will scour, and especially for offensive and defensive lines, I will scour every data bit of information to to find five offense because my nightmare in life is for somebody to say hey dumbass you voted on this all-american team you voted on your top 25 and you totally missed this obvious i want to do like a million hours of homework before i submit something whether it's a, a heisman <laughs> or an f my fwaa vote i'm sitting here i'm reading it saturday night after the games and my wife we were watching we were watching college football and she was like dozing off on the couch next to me and i'm I'm reading through my list. I'm going, okay, I got Ohio State 1, I got LSU 2. She goes, you've already said that. I know, I'm quadruple checking. <laughs> That's just in my nature. I'm no. obsessive compulsive. You'd, you'd be great covering the NBA with all us nerds. <laughs> I think, no, I've tried. I've tried to cover the NBA. It's, it's, not, a, it's John, literally not John, my league. I'm out of my league. It's in the okay. NBA. Russell Westbrook is gone. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he doesn't have to hurt you anymore. He only yelled at me once. Oh, in, that's good. That means you did a good job. Old, yeah. He needs to. If he doesn't yell at you, it means he doesn't care about you. <laughs> well, that's so he's sad. like he's like a football coach. So he really likes Barry Trammell. He loves Barry Trammell. Loves. He misses Barry Trammell. It's funny. I mean, he told Barry he didn't like him. He was a career low minus forty six in that loss against Miami, which we all should have seen that coming. Saw that. I don't want to go too far into the NBA, but we all should have seen that coming. They had a Saturday night off in Miami the night uh. before. 
the last time Russell Westbrook and James Harden were on the same team and they had a night off in Miami, it didn't go too well for Russell Westbrook and James Harden's team, specifically James You're Harden. You're doing some serious background homework right no, there. No, it's just the 2012 finals. Everybody remembers. Most people that are watching this probably root for the Thunder, too, and they're probably like, yep, I All remember true. that. All true. James Harden no-show, just like he always does in the postseason. But getting back to football, John, anything interesting from Lincoln Riley today? Because you told me you asked him two questions. So certainly it was the interest level for, my list open here. for Lincoln was much higher than Jalen Hurts. Well, I asked him a question, and then I asked him a follow-up. What I asked him was, and what I'm writing for the franchise, thefranchiseok.com, you know the address. Read it. Is um, Two years ago, he took his first L as a coach, as a head coach, here in Norman against Iowa State. And I asked him basically how he's evolved as a coach since that time, what he learned. And he talked about it. It was kind of a cool answer. He said, yeah, that was it was kind of eye-opening. You know, he learned some things from that game that he, that he didn't know as a head coach previously. You take your first L and you're, you walk out of the stadium thinking, geez, what just happened? Especially 30-point favorite, right? So that was a, I thought that was a cool answer, and I'm going to write something about that later. And then he got a, a question later on about um, the, um, the drop eight, Iowa State's drop eight, and how that has, helped, has begun to permeate the Big 12, mm-hmm. which is known for offense. And here, you know, uh, John Heathcote at, uh, at Iowa State, the defensive coordinator, hey, Matt Campbell, what do you think if we try this drop eight against these spread teams? Let's try it. Worked brilliantly. You know, you saw Baker Mayfield that day. The thing that sticks out in my mind, Baker pulls it down, takes off running, looks up, gets to the line of scrimmage and says, oh, I got a receiver over there. I'm going to try and squeeze it in there. Incomplete. Punt. Again, instead of taking five yards or six yards and keeping the football and running. Yeah, it's just because it's a different thought, look. It's a different look, and he was confused, and he didn't know where to go with the football. He would pump and pump and pump, and then he would get a two-yard gain or a one-yard get sacked because yeah. he didn't know what to do with the football. I mean, it's kind of a similar thing like you always hear when you have to play the service academies. It's so hard to prepare for them because you yeah. don't see the triple option. Right. So it, you, it's hard like in a week. I mean, luckily, OU, the best scheduling ever because the end of the schedule sucks – Best scheduling ever. They got a bye week before they have to go up to West Point to go play Army. Thank God, two weeks to prepare for the triple option. But <laughs> yep, notice that. Yeah, you don't see the the drop eight every week, so quarterbacks just aren't accustomed to it. And like you just said, like the play you described, the play is open. He's just his first read is just it's not the same that he's accustomed to. So his initial reaction is to panic and then take off, and that plays right into what OU fans are afraid of with Jalen Hurts, which is if, when that first read isn't there, he doesn't trust the play call anymore and then takes off and 90 percent of the time it works out because he's a world-class athlete he can pick up big yardage but you go back and watch the tape nick baskin's wide open cd lamb's wide open over the middle if you just trusted the play Mm. i don't know if iowa state wants jalen hurts to beat them with with his legs because he can he can do that he's proven that even going back to alabama yeah no if 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 they do the exact same defense and jalen hurts finds himself in the exact same situation and setting that baker mayfield did He'll rush for 200 yards. No question. Because Baker don't play around. Blake, uh, I'm sorry. Jalen don't play around. He doesn't stand back there going, ooh, I think I can fit that in. No, when it's not there, he takes off. Mm-hmm. And if, they're, if they've he's got a one-track mind guy. If they've got eight guys in coverage, he's literally going to rush for 200 yards. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> now, you? how many carries are Trey Sermon and Kennedy Brooks going to get in this equation? Well, Jalen would rush for 200 on 16, so those guys would combine for eight. There you go. Four each. No, you would still rush for nearly 350. A a quote from – yeah, exactly. A quote from uh, uh, Lincoln today. He said that uh, our running backs, the OU running back room, 
are probably going to be the freshest group of running backs in the country going into championship November. Don't aren't you proud of yourself? How your, do you feel about that? Uh, you can't America? you can't see on TV. But aren't you proud of yourself that you're referencing your own tweet? Of course. <laughs> That's when I knew I made it like in the biz, like when I would have to like when I would like go to Thunder games and take notes, like basically tweet them out and then yeah. I'd like what happened in the third quarter? Oh, yeah, I, I already said it. And I'm um, still, I'm still not. Well, to me, that that's the most relevant stuff is the stuff that I tweeted out. <laughs> that's how it works, isn't it? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm not going to reference my tweets after 10 o'clock on a Saturday or something. Yeah, 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 it's like there's just no point. It's usually nonsense. But so some bad news from Lincoln today. Grant Calcaterra. Uh, see, w- wait and see. Wait and see. Thank you. Um, the other one was uh, Delaren Turner Yell, who his availability is going to be his best ability on Saturday because Charlie Kohler's a hell of a tight end. I mean, he'll catch three touchdown passes if they're not playing safety at a high level Saturday. Yeah, this is um, this is what it comes down to. The defensive line has to – they have to just – they have to dominate like they had been doing all the way up until Kansas State. Um, and I don't know if you listened to our other podcast on the Franchise Podcast Network, but uh, Sam Mays – Actually had a lot of interesting points on his Sunday pod the Saturday, um, the Sunday following OU's loss to Kansas State. He brought up the point that you know Alex Grinch and Lincoln Riley, they're young coaches. They are in love with analytics, and they should be because analytics do a great job of giving you a, a good, insightful picture as to as to how you should attack. And Sam brought up the point of Alex Grinch. He knew. That, that Skylar Thompson wasn't that good. He knew Skylar Thompson wasn't, I'm going to complete every third and long conversion yeah. that I'm going to have. Wasn't that good. No, it wasn't was that good, good. Yeah. but wasn't that good. He wasn't that good. And that's why, you know, everyone that's out there clamoring for why didn't he, why did he keep having his defensive line slant? It's because he was he was married to the numbers of he's not this good. I need to keep doing what I'm I know that our guys are good at. Because the second that I adjust might be a time where he's not going to hit that pass, but because I didn't, I wasn't aggressive in how I've been attacking defense all year. Maybe he picks it up on a fluke. I thought it was a good point. I thought I think it's still kind of silly that Grinch just kept slanting at the same time. There's there's some there's some gray area where you've got to adjust, but you also you don't want to get beat because you didn't do what got you there. Because that's always been my problem with the 2008 2009. Uh, national title game right. we, we run the no huddle that's right all year to flawless perfection and then we play florida and like oh it's huddle now you know why that happened because charlie strong talked all week in the media and there were like four media interview sessions with the teams that week charlie strong talked all week about we're prepared for their no huddle because we've been running double stack scout team defense we got one def- defense over here, and then we got another defense over here that's already at the line of scrimmage ready to go. And when this plays over, we go right back. Made a big, huge deal out of it. So what does Kelvin Wilson do? Let's outthink him. Don't outthink. <laughs> Outthinking never works. Like, everybody knows who you are by this point in the year. Everybody knows. 14 games in, right? God in heaven. <laughs> anyway, let's not talk about Bob Stoops' teams. Um, yeah, like – from this standpoint of what people have been complaining about um, with the offense, which is interesting because the offense is pretty damn good, I, are we going to get kind of a petty play calling Lincoln Riley this week? Are we going to get how? I'm going to force feed Kennedy Brooks. I don't know about Trey Sermon. I don't know if he's still in the doghouse, but I'm going to force feed some yeah, running backs. I, honestly, I mean, that's conventional thinking. What you're talking about there, conventional wisdom would say yes, give the football. To, to the running backs because everybody's been clamoring for it and we lost our last game, which means he's probably going to go against the grain and not do it. 
Like I'd hope well, so. You guys, watch this. Hold my beer. That's what Lincoln <laughs> Riley's saying. You want me to run? Hold. You think Jalen got uh, 19 carries last game? Hold my beer. Well, I'd hope. I'd hope so because when OU gets into the red zone, if if Lincoln feels like okay, the dive is there, the power is there, then go ahead. But with nine of like out of ten quarterbacks, if Jalen Hurts is one of those quarterbacks. With the other nine, yeah, I don't want to see three straight pass plays in the red zone. I don't mind it with Jalen Hurts because if he takes off, like that touchdown he had against Kansas State, mm-hmm. he should have been stopped two yards before the goal line. Yeah. But the dude is 240, 230. He's about 220. Yeah, he's big. He's big <laughs> and he runs pretty pretty fast for as big as he is. So he's he's hard to stop. Right. I don't mind that type of play calling. I, I just hope that OU doesn't, Lincoln doesn't try to outthink himself right. and then get into the red zone with this offensive line that has been at best average yeah. in terms of its like dominance. And knows, this offensive line knows how to get its ass whipped. Yep. They did it against Kansas State. They've done it sporadically throughout games. Houston had success in the second half. Iowa State's got arguably the best defensive line in the Big 12 Conference. Jaquan Bailey and those guys are fantastic players. They really – I mean, their success starts and ends up front. They've always had good linebackers. They, they. I don't know if they, if you could say they've got great linebackers this year, but they've got good linebackers. Their D D line is, they're on par with Baylor for being just beasts up front, and that's not good for Oklahoma's offensive line. I look like a, I'm reading the language on your face here. If you're watching the video, you're watching along with me. Brady looks like he's getting uncomfortable. The more I talk about, because well, I just Iowa keep, State's defensive I just keep line about and Charlie Kohler, and I just keep thinking about Swenson now. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, Swenson got dominated, and he, like I said on the postgame show, he looked like the worst player on the field. There were a couple of times he was trying to block literally from his butt. He was sitting on his butt with his legs out in front of him, and he was pushing up yeah. at the guy like, don't heal my quarterback, please. Yeah, it's been such a roller coaster with him because I was out on him three or four games into the year, and then he started to play a little bit more solid. Um, Solid's he, a good way to describe Well, him. you know, he was out for a game. Or, was he out for two games or two one games. game? He's out for two games, but then he came to play no, against e- Texas. Ely missed two games, Swenson won. Yeah. Then he pl- came to play against Texas and West Virginia, and I thought, okay, maybe he's figured it out. And then the Kansas State performance happens, and then I'm like yeah. all out on it on Swenson's stock. I'm just like, get me the hell out of here. My question would be the defensive end from Kansas State that looked like uh, J.J. Watt. <laughs> Not just uh, in appearance, yeah, but, yeah. but in terms of how he can play. Does Iowa State have a player like that? Now, their unit is better than Kansas State's, but do they have an individual player of that level? You know more than I do. Uh, Swinson missed one game at the beginning and then one game in the middle, so two total. Ely okay. missed two, two Did games Did he miss the, the South middle. Dakota State game? No, he missed the Houston game. Swinson? As a, uh, oh, as a start. Yeah, okay. he didn't start. Okay. Um, what was that kid's name from uh, from Kansas State? I can't remember. The I'm one that had all him, the sacks. I'm just going to call him J.J. Watt because that's what he was. He looked like J.J. Watt. He, it he reminded leads, me of uh, – he, He's one of the Big 12 leaders in sacks. Yeah. So he's legit good. It reminded me of uh, – what's his name? Uh, for, he plays for the Broncos. I always forget his name. Played at A&M. The defense uh, end. Yeah. What's his name? He does all the, the commercials. Yeah. With the oh, soap. my God. <laughs> Here we go again with Brady doesn't know a guy's name. Well, Von Miller. Von Miller. Yeah. It remi- like that Kansas State performance reminded me of – because remember 2011, remember College that. Station, yeah, Von Miller that. like dominated that game. Yeah. Well, he, he's pretty good. Oh, Von yeah. Von Miller. I yeah. don't know if this kid's going to be an NFL pro bowler for t- 
10 years, but uh, no, he was really good. Just force feed the OU tape. I don't think oh, I don't think Iowa State has that kind of speed at defensive end, but here's the deal. If you if if they don't block it upright, you don't need that kind of speed at defensive end. If you if you're literally on your backside reaching up at the guy pleading with him to not kill your quarterback, which is what what happened, I think it was on the ball the the ball where he Jalen was kind of almost pump faking, and the ball came out during the forward motion, and so it wasn't a fumble, but it looked it looked maybe upon second review like a fumble. Got hit from behind. That was the play I'm talking about. Those plays like there, if if your blo- if your net technique is not better, if your kick slide is not better, if your first step out wide is not better, Jalen Hurts is going to have a tough day throwing the football against Iowa State. You see the face. Uh. <laughs> Well, I mean, see, that's the thing about being an OU fan is you get to the week of the, the opponent and then you start telling yourself all these things and then you work yourself up into, oh, yeah, they're going to lose. But then it's like, well, how come Iowa State has lost three games? Yeah. So well, tell me why question. has Iowa State lost three that's games? That's a good question. Wyatt Hubert is the guy's name that we're thinking about, J.J. Watt. Wyatt Hubert, yep. yeah. I don't know why I couldn't remember that. Wyatt. Wyatt Hubert. That's a, that's a football name. That is a football name. <laughs> it's a K-State defensive line football name is what it is. What JUCO is he out of, John? Yeah, good question. <laughs> um, so why has Iowa State lost three games? They should have lost four. The Northern Iowa game, yeah, double that. overtime, triple overtime. They, they very well could have lost that one. Uh, what was the other one? Um, they lost. They, they lost to. Uh, they lost to Baylor. They they sucked. Baylor. Tw- they sucked in the first half. Twenty to nothing at they, that one. They were terrible in the first half, and then they started showing up. Uh, in the but second then we half. find out Baylor's pretty good. And then they played West Virginia last Thursday, and they got, what happened? Seventeen fourteen. That was that was a weird game. It was a very disjointed. That was like watching game. those. Uh, what was his name? Another guy. I don't. Um, Sloan, the Miss Old Mississippi State coach, Sloan. Can't remember his name. It was like watching those Mississippi State Slocum. Slocum. It was like watching those Mississippi State teams play Vanderbilt when they won like three to two. Oh yeah, it was yeah yuck! Yeah. It was a whole bunch of yuck. Um. So what was your question? I can't remember. I can't remember. I'm drunk either. off this water. <laughs> what was it about Iowa State and why they've lost three games? Oh yeah. So they lost to Baylor. They lost to Baylor. Yeah. Um, they lost to Oklahoma lost State. Lost Oklahoma State by throwing three interceptions in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. uh and they lost to iowa on that crazy remember they were getting ready to oh, return yeah. that punt and but the, they, they always when they're they supposed always lose to iowa when they're supposed to beat iowa they always lose to them when when they're trash they beat iowa even when Iowa's good that's pretty that is yeah, that that's a rivalry. pretty accurate uh summation i think now what was this year's game was like 15 to 13 or 17 to 15 yeah or something, it like was 17 16 th- they were receiving a punt with i believe the punt it because the guy was Blocked into, was there force touching? Are we talking force touching again? <laughs> he was blocked into the punt returner, though. You can do that. Oh, someone's getting pulled over across the street. I think that's right. Hey, the, Norman has more uh, sirens per capita. I heard I heard two today when I was recording my podcast. <laughs> you want to know how many times I got pulled over um, in college for like driving around around midnight? Like on a Tuesday. Just so out not you, doing anything wrong? Yeah, just because I had an OU parking tag. Like, oh, uh, it's some student, and I bet he's, uh, I bet he's drinking and driving. So that's why the uh, East Central and, and Ada police were always bothering me, huh? Because okay. they just thought I was drinking and driving? Well, were you? They were all disappointed that I was not. <laughs> no, I'm just, a boring, I'm just a boring student. I'm a sports writer, man. i got a full-time job. You should have been like, do you know who I am? I'm John Hoover. <laughs> I tried not, that once. It do, didn't work. Do you not follow me on Twitter? <laughs> I've got like 12,000. How many followers you got? I don't know, 13-something. Oh, God. 
I've got 4,219, but I'm not counting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to get to 4,300 by like game 20 of the Thunder season. You'll do it. I have, uh, I have faith in you. Please, God. That's all that's important to me. Um, <laughs> no, I, I've heard some. I've heard some. When I say I've heard some conversations, mainly it's I see people bitch on Twitter. Do you have a problem with the way um, OU gets away from CD Lamb? Yeah, I've been saying that well, since week two, I think. Are they truly getting away from him? Because what people remember from the Kansas State game is why didn't we get him the ball more? OU touched the ball six damn times in the third quarter. Right. They didn't have really that many opportunities to right. give him the football. Right. And I'm I, I'm down with that. Did you see my play breakdown of uh, J- Jalen Hurts? No, had, I didn't. Had the football on, what do you have, 26 passes and 19 runs? Yep. I know he had 19 runs. So 45 of 53 plays. I'm doing this all from memory. 45 of the 53 plays, he was either throwing it or running it. I got some I got some ideas for, for Lincoln Riley or, or whoever for how to get first downs against Kansas State and stay on the field. Turn and hand the football to Kennedy Brooks. Turn and hand the football to Trey Sermon. Now, it sounds simple. It sounds like an easy directive. All you got to do is give it to those guys. They'll, they'll kill it. Uh, the few times that he did call for that, they averaged 1.9 yards per carry. So what's the solution? Lincoln Riley's standing over there going, the K-State offensive line, in reference to what I said earlier, defensive line is whipping our offensive line's ass. So what's the solution? Put Jalen on an island and let him go win the game for us. Maybe he knew, maybe he realized, I can't give it to those tailbacks because the D-line is living in our backfield. That's what I said on the postgame show. Exactly. Like, I – I didn't he really understood. agree. With the, I didn't agree with the take of you got to run the football. Yeah, like you, yes, you got to run Jaylen the football if it's working. That. Yeah, but if the offensive line's not getting a, a, a push, and one of your running backs is Trey Sermon, who's incredibly patient, mm-hmm. sometimes to his own detriment, yep. it doesn't matter. You're gonna you're gonna go backwards. So who if cares? If you're Screw averaging it. seven yards a carry, and you give the ball to those guys six times, then that's a problem. If you're averaging less than two yards a carry, and you give the ball to those guys six times, maybe that's pretty smart. People need to give Lincoln a break when it comes to some of that, right? Yeah. Um, I would say, like, my only concern with his play calling, and I guess you can kind of apply it to that, but I like, I, I don't think that, oh, you should have just straight up run the ball in the in the second half at all, even in the first half, because the defensive line was, like you said, living in OU's backfield. I feel like when games start to get out of hand, he starts to press. Hmm. And we were talking about this when you wrote that article about the uh, play calling, the uh, lack of like sticking to the run on the franchiseok.com, which was really good. Um, we talked about the uh, Houston game in 2016. Um, at least I did to you. And that's where it kind of applied. But the, but the score got out of hand so quickly. Like, OU was down – the kick six happened and they're down 11. Then two plays later, Jarvis Baxter fumbles a completion, like a 20-yard completion, mm-hmm. on OU's own 30-yard line. Houston's now in scoring position, and then they score, I think, two or three plays later. And now it's a 19-point lead, so now you can't even run the football. So, like, going back on memory with that, I'm thinking, okay, Joe Joe Mixon and Samaj Piran are averaging like eight, nine yards a carry. Right. Why didn't they run the football more? Oh, that's why, because the score got out of hand. When there the are times did, when that's applicable. Yeah, there, yeah. When the score starts getting out of hand, you can't do the things that you can normally do. And, like, fans understand that, but you get caught up in the emotion and the frustration of why is OU losing to this team that they're favored by 30 points over? Run the football because Kennedy and Trey aren't touching the football. So do the opposite of that. 
OU did OU did the best that they could to put them in put them into a position to win, and they damn near did. If he'd have done anything else, they might not have been in position to even kick an onside kick to potentially force overtime. Yeah. Um, no, I'm with you. They they rallied. Um, I probably would have. Here's here's where I would have done something a little different. I would have tried to establish the running game, establish the line of scrimmage more uh, often in the first half. That way, uh, the defense isn't able to. Uh, you know, there, maybe the defense is, is has to change. Maybe they bring down a safety. I don't know. I just would have had a different different mindset, different attitude. But again, if it's not working, it's not working. If your offensive line is not getting it blocked, then then they're not getting it blocked. There's Kevin Wilson used to say there's two things two things you call, two things you don't call. I guess either way, you don't call what your quarterback can't run and you don't call what your offensive line can't block. If your quarterback doesn't comprehend that play, then you throw that play out. If your quarterback can't throw that play, then you throw that play out. If your offensive line can't block that play, then you throw that play out. Maybe that's what Lincoln Riley did was just say, not today, boys. We're not we're not we're abandoning the run game because you guys are not blocking. <laughs> I, I hope that conversation happened. Not today, boys. Like, I would love to run the football guys, but guess hey, Trey, Kennedy, go blame your offensive line. Yeah. <laughs> um okay, so Jalen's fine. CeeDee Lamb's a God, he's a beast. He looked like such a he looked like such watch. a monster. Kansas State. Like I said on the postgame show, he looked like he didn't want to lose. He certainly played that way. Compassion um, for the end zone, doesn't he? Yeah. And I didn't think he was that type of player. I didn't know he was the, that type of player to make that type of play. On that, what was a seventy-yard uh-huh. touchdown, where he just ran across the field and just didn't want to get tackled. That was right. just incredible. Um, I guess, like big picture wise, this really just comes down to the defense. You, Brock Purdy is talented, and he's a capable quarterback. He can win a game like this if he has a Skylar Thompson-like night where he just he's just feeling it. You just got to get off the field in third down. This defense, Especially third and 15. This defense over the last th- – and I'll go back three years. Two years – for the la- previous two years they were terrible. But what they were really good at was putting themselves in position – into the position that you want. They would routinely put their opponents in third and long situations, third and eight, third and seven, even third and plus ten. The problem was always getting off the field on third down. Right. And it reared its ugly head on Saturday. Good and, time. John, like – We've seen way too much good this year to just go after one game. Oh, they suck! Like this is what they are. They suck. They're it's they're incapable of adjusting because Alex Grinch knows that this defense just sucks. Mm-hmm. I know that's the logical choice, but I think you, the more, two, maybe more accurate would be they reverted. Reverted. Okay. Instead of they're terrible, they were terrible last year. Oh no, they revert. They reverted back to it. Can they get back to where they were? Yeah, that's what Alex Grinch is after, and boy, the questions flew at him today uh, after practice. About twenty-minute pre- little press uh, availability. I don't call it a press conference because he's basically standing in front of a wall and everybody's well, gathered like around this? him. Yeah, he's he's very scratchy voice because the questions were all about turnovers. Like the first eight minutes of the press conference, which I'll have a video up later. Um, so check that out. Uh, is uh, and again, if you're not on my video, you're just listening on the on the podcast. The video is on YouTube. John Hoover, you find all this stuff. He was like, "Yeah, we got we got to keep we got to cut turnovers. How do we get turnovers? Well, we work it in practice. How do we work it in practice? Well, we work it all the time in practice. It happens in practice." Lincoln said today at the press conference, 
They get turnovers all the time in practice when it's good on good, when it's one ones on ones. That's scary. I know. <laughs> How does that happen? Here, here can I get – I'm going to get a tad emotional Sooner fan here. Okay. I don't care about turnovers. I'm with you. I don't if think they they're that big of a deal. If they would have just got off the field on third down. It's 2019. You don't need pick sixes and turnovers and scoop and scores. You need stops. You need three yeah. and outs. You need field goals. Especially with and this, they weren't doing that. Especially with this offense. A, a team can be forced to punt and punt OU's offense onto the half-inch yard yeah. line. And guess what? They're going to march 99 and a half yards down the field and go score. Seven times out of ten, that's exactly right. I, I don't care about turnovers to me getting off the field in third down and giving OU's offense a chance to score that's just as good of, as a tournament mm-hmm. is it as exciting no but if OU gets off the field on third down maybe two more times last Saturday they probably win oh they win maybe going away yeah because, because K-State was able to stay on the field and keep the drive alive and keep the time of possession in their favor if they if the, those third and 15 fourth and six if those don't go in their their way I think OU might win their, by 14. Their, their first touchdown, which was aided by the Jaden Davis, uh, def- I don't know, I can't remember if it was defensive holding or pass interference. But Skylar Thompson threw that like a Sam Ellinger pass. He didn't throw that with the, like, hopefully my guy catches it. He <laughs> threw it because he knew Jaden was out of position yeah. and he was going to get a call. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a good play. It's a good play by a, a smart quarterback. I don't know why you're grabbing a guy right there on third and six when, you're, yeah. when you're standing right next to him. It's it, not like he's running past you for, an, for a touchdown and you got to grab him. They were standing right there together, and here comes the ball, and he grabs him. Dude, turn around and play the football. But, again, like I just I feel like Grinch hyped up turnovers, and it's true. If you it's in their heads. Tur- if you force turnovers, great. But the fan base is just so enamored with you got to get turnovers. OU had two turnovers in the Cotton Bowl and forced none, and they won. Like, yeah, they won by seven. But anyone watching that game would tell you like they were the better team. Like, Definitely. clearly they dominated this game. Right. And they didn't need a turnover to prove it. Right. It just comes down to playing smart football and getting off the field on third down. And if they can do that against Iowa State, I don't care if they get a pick. Because, like, they got an interception late against UCLA. What, who gave a damn? Right. Like, it didn't matter. And the two the two big ones, the three, they had three turnovers, and including a pick six against South Dakota. Seriously? That's what you're hanging your head on, South Dakota? Turnovers are – I'm sorry, Alex Grinch, if you're watching this video or you're listening to this podcast. He is. He is. They're worthless. They're not worthless in that they produce no worth. They're worthless in that they're the that same equates, value. That equates success. That they're the same value as a, a you know a forty yard punt. I'm sorry, but they are. Now what it with can, this offense and in today's football, when you can get sixteen or seventeen possessions in a game, and and you're running, uh, you can if you want to run 75, 85, 90 snaps in a game. You don't need turnovers, and I I just don't understand the. You're stressing so much, and you're emphasizing it so much, and it's not happening four games in a row now. You're you're wasting your energy yeah, thinking no. about something that doesn't need to be thought about. Now, what it can do is it can mask a bad performance like OU had Absolutely. against Kansas State. Now, if Trey Brown gets that interception, maybe I'm overselling this. If Trey Brown gets that interception, I really think OU wins that game because the field position is switched. The clock is like the clock is yeah. in a completely different situation. Mm-hmm. Lincoln probably doesn't have to burn that timeout. Right. So much different, so much difference could have happened. And if Trey Brown gets that pick and OU is able to win that game, it mm-hmm. masked an awful defensive performance. And then we spend the next, the last week and a half going, yeah, OU won the game, but man, this is not 
in a good look heading that into like their best defensive performance, but they did win the game. See, no, they needed yeah. the slap in the face. And so I, I'm, I'm with you on the turnovers. Maybe that plays into why Alex Grinch felt the need to just keep slanting because he was probably of the mindset: if we just get one damn turnover, <laughs> like all which, this goes out the window, which cost them the game. You know my analysis: the, the getting your whole defensive line out of position over and over and over again. And, and it wasn't even the D line, but it also gets Kenneth Murray yeah. in a position where he has to over pursue. Right, and and. The, you got to the point where you were doing it um, to to where Kansas State knew it was coming. Kansas State was prepping for it, saying, okay, we're going to get in this situation on this hash mark, facing this down and distance. They're going to slant. We're going to run behind it. Watch this, guys. You talk about some coaching. Those guys coached their butts off. Yeah. Um, hopefully that was the one bad egg on the schedule. Just trying to go one and zero this week, Brady. <laughs> um, well, I mean, anything else? Because I know you got to get up to Edmond for dinner. Um, anything else from player availability, press conferences? I, I, mean, I hope anything. My, anything pressing? No, nothing pressing. Um, I hope my hangry hasn't uh, come through on the podcast. No, um, I, got, I got my mind on some Buffalo I, Wild Wings. I was on the. Uh, I was in the studio today at the uh, Tyler Media when you had your call in with the franchise players. I thought it was so funny when. <laughs> I thought it was so funny when Jerry Jerry Ramsey was like, "So what do you got? Um, what do you got coming up this week on you know coverage wise?" And you're like, "Well, the uh, article that I talked about, <laughs> which I've already said <laughs> once." I like the attitude. Thefranchiseok.com. Yeah, I'm I gotta, actually, I gotta always remind those you, guys. You know what? Um, I was actually thinking about diving into some college football writing myself this week, and we I don't, welcome you. I don't know if I want to because I just don't want to. I don't want to put the bad juju on OU. <laughs> But I'll write about OSU then. <laughs> no, Go the, with Madison up to Stillwater. The opposite will happen. I don't want OSU to lose. I just want them to l- at least lose to OU. Okay. Um, I'll throw this at you. This is assuming OU is undefeated going into Baylor, and Baylor is undefeated going into that game, um, which means they just have to win this week, obviously. Uh, it's a 6.30 kickoff already confirmed, yep. so that will be a night mm-hmm. game. Of course it is. Um, Waco is going to be frothy. OU – beats Baylor and then proceeds to win out and then Baylor maybe loses one more game at least. Baylor loses to OU, they will skyfall in the rankings. They will be oh, ma- yeah. they'll maybe be 10th in that game. They're not moving up significantly into the top 8. OU will beat them if they do. They'll beat them and it won't matter. Now, you juxtapose that with the SEC gets to thrive in the early part of the year off of um, come on and schedule Texas A&M early because we will give them every chance to be ranked. It took them three losses to get out of the top 25. That's when, exactly right. When after the first damn loss, I knew that they sucked. No, they were terrible. They, their quarterback sucks. Their system sucks. They can't do anything modern. They're terrible. But because they got that damn patch on their jersey, yeah. they get the benefit of the doubt, and then every team that beats them gets to thrive off of that. The same thing is kind of happening with Auburn. Auburn is a great team. Their quarterback's not good. We can say that about every single Auburn team over the last eight years. They've got great talent, especially on the defensive line. They took Jarrett Stidham, who was like the next NFL thing at Baylor, and turned him into into an SEC quarterback. Yep. Look, I think Auburn is better than – I think they're more talented than Baylor. I think if they played on a neutral field – Auburn, I'd give the Auburn edge to Auburn. Win, yeah. 
I think if they but played in Waco, I, I or think it's completely unfair. Huntsville, Texas, or anywhere. I think it's completely unfair that just because committees, voters have a preconceived opinion on, I think this team is just good. So when they lose, I'm not going to. They lost because of a reason. If Baylor loses, they they will be 19th to OU. And they lost to, they'll lose to OU, a top 10 team, top and 5 if team. They, if they lose twice and finish 10 and 2, they sorry, are, 11 and 2, they would they would be out of the top 25 possibly. Maybe. No, you're right. And that's that especially if uh, OU lays the wood to them. So for everybody that wants OU out of the conference, that's why. Because their margin for error is not the same as the SEC. Right. Or Well, Texas is supposed to be that team though. Texas is not supposed to lose three teams. Uh, three they're too times. busy being back, John. If Texas uh, wins 10 games and loses to Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship, Oklahoma's resume looks fine. Yep. Maybe, maybe not non-conference. And even, you know, Texas losing to TCU, while funny, I'll admit, um, <laughs> them not being a probably not going to make it to the Big 12 championship against potentially OU. Now, right. again, this is assuming OU wins out. I, I have my thoughts, and I'll know a little bit more after the Iowa State performance. But if OU makes it back and they have to play Baylor again or Oklahoma State or Kansas State even, like playing Kansas State would be nice because if OU beats them, then you could say, well, they avenged their one loss and they lost by seven points. So, like, cool. But not having that helmet of Texas, mm-hmm. that that helped them going right. into the playoff last year. They need they – need, OU needs all wins from here on out. They need style points, and they need Baylor – to have all wins and style points. No more 17-14 against West Virginia, against uh, West Virginia. I actually dropped Baylor a spot. I had the, I had them good. Ju- they deserve it. I had OU not OU 10 and Baylor 9. I traded them this week in my rankings 9 to 10. So it, because 17-14, yeah, you won. It was a home game. It was a primetime game. I guess You're supposed to win against a really crappy team. You barely won that game, Baylor. So OU needs Baylor to go in and start kicking people around again. Yeah, if Austin Kendall was at all petty about OU, like, yeah, you're not going to beat OU straight up, but you can at least screw it up for him. You should have beat Baylor. <laughs> um, no, like, I don't know. I, I've had that opinion about, like, the committee, about how the polls work, even going back to, like, 2014, because you see teams that they just, like Michigan, this happens to Michigan a lot. Michigan will lose, and they don't drop that far. They don't drop as far as they should. And then, like a team that goes five and zero, six and one in in Big Twelve play, yeah, they're like we've got to rank them higher yeah. because they're. It's just a Big Twelve. Yeah, I, to me that that that's just silly. It's so like ask an OU fan, how easy is it to go undefeated? I don't think Baylor is spectacular. I think they've got talent. I think Matt Rule is a great coach, and he's got the most out of his squad, but. They're still undefeated, and for them to be like, I don't want to put them in the top ten. Like, why is Florida still in the top ten? Why is Auburn still in the top ten? I don't care how many NFL players they have. Texas A&M always quality has. Quality losses. Quality losses. Oh, you now needs Kansas State to win that's such a, a lot of games. Force so touching that loss a, can be a quality loss. Force touching is a stupid phrase, so is quality loss. <laughs> that should only come into play at the very end of the year where you have to split hairs on and resumes. that's what they're doing, yeah. Well, don't – like, my thing is don't worry about it in the middle of the year. And, like, if you're a fan base, don't hang your hat on, oh, like, we lost, but, man, <laughs> right. our loss is so good, though. Right. It's better than your weak schedule, OU. You lost. I've seen some losses that were more that were better than some wins, like Baylor. Baylor, West Virginia, is a bad win, but uh, Auburn and Florida, 
or Florida LSU, Florida uh, Florida Auburn. Oh, Florida Auburn. I was yeah. right. Okay, yeah. Uh, that's one that's a quality loss. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, getting my SEC West teams all mixed. up. I mean, my- it, uh, like we said on the post game show for Kansas State. Thank God, OU came back and made it competitive. But anybody watching that game, you know, the whole game control factor. That um, who said that from the playoff committee? That was Jeff Long. Jeff Long, game control. Kansas State controlled that game until the very end, which yeah. does matter. But anybody watching that game would probably come away with, "Oh, you got dominated." But at least they didn't get Ohio. They didn't get Purdue to Ohio State. That's right. That helped them. So that will help them. They just got to take care of business. And uh, here's the deal: the committee knows. I did the mock mock selection committee. Let's see. First year was 2014, so I did it in 2015. The committee knows, and I'm very well aware of how they vote. The process they they throw it up on the board. Everybody punches in their numbers, and then they'll take. They'll, somebody will come up and say, um, I have a question. I'd like to, say, I'd like to uh, propose that we discuss number four, five, six, and seven. I think those are wrong. I'd like to, I'd like to discuss it further. And then they'll, they'll go around the room and somebody has to second it, and then they'll, everybody will discuss it, and then they'll come up and everybody will submit their vote again, and boom, instead of four, five, six, seven, it was four, five, seven, six. And somebody's – that's how the thing works. They're smart enough to know. The committee is smart enough to know that it's college football. Upsets happen. Yeah, I was. I'm sorry. Iowa State and, and Oklahoma in 2017 was an upset. You don't take Oklahoma and throw them out with the bathwater. You don't mm-hmm. take them out and throw them in the trash, as Baker Mayfield would say. Same with this one in Kansas State. Kansas State's a decent team. Upsets happen. So uh, I don't think Oklahoma. I don't think they'll be graded down. They'll be graded down, but not like permanently. Not like removed from the equation. Yeah. No, like. At the end of the day, my, my thing has always been it should never be like when it comes down to like let, let's talk about the, this these three teams and compare them. It should never be, well, I just think that they're better. I think that this team is better because I'll bleep this out. What the f*** is the point of playing football if, if it's just going to come down to, well, I just think they're better because they've got more five stars. Yeah. Like what are we endangering these kids' bodies for? Like I'm huge on what's happened. You're right. Like I don't care if someone's schedule is soft. Yeah. If they're undefeated, results that, matter. That means something. And if there are other undefeated teams, then like maybe the undefeated team with the better schedule, yeah, you give them the benefit of the doubt. But not everybody's undefeated. You, we should just be splitting hairs at the appropriate time, and then just hanging your hat on a quality loss is so SEC, and it's so silly <laughs> that that's important. So yeah. that that's my diatribe on. That's right. You don't. No, I, I don't think I can blur out your uh, pixelate your mouth. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll send you the edited version, so don't worry about it. John, let's get you out of here. You're going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings with your son. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yes, I'm going to uh, eat a lot of wings tonight. Yeah, and I'll, I might eat some wings here at the brew house after we are uh, done, by the way. Thanks to the brew house for having us out, huh? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I don't know how loud the background music will be in editing, but um, I'll try to do or my best. Or the pool. Uh, no, it's it, it's good. It's good atmosphere. It's a sporting atmosphere. I, I love, love it. Um, I I'm love enjoying the heck out of this. I love blue. It's just not the most sporty environment, right? But it's good for our purposes. There's a lot of energy in here tonight. Yeah, so uh, come on out to Brew House if you're in Norman. Um, there's a bunch of, like John said, a lot, a lot of pool tables, a lot of TVs. Uh, uh, Monday Night Football just started with Dallas and New York, so um, I'm probably not going to watch that because it's Dallas. But I mean, I came here the day I turned 21, which was um, also the day that OU beat Texas 55 to 21. And, you know, that was 11 a.m. kickoff. I was drunk by noon. Legally. <laughs> 2011? Yeah. 55-17? Yeah. 55. Three defensive touchdowns? Oh, it was a great day. What a day. Oh, it was awesome. 
<sighs> Montre Hurst, David Jones, Jamel Fleming, Jamel Fleming, Jamel Fleming right. just ripped it out of a, what was that yeah, dude's? Yeah, yeah. What was that five star receiver's yeah. name? I can't that, remember. He chose Texas over OU, and I remember on signing day going, "Oh God, we're gonna that's gonna that's gonna kill us." And he just did nothing but suck. And then <laughs> Jamel Fleming just like, "Give me the football, I'm gone." But uh, yeah, that's where we'll end this one. Thank you again to the Brew House for letting us podcast here on such short notice. Uh, John, drive safely tonight. You got it. Um, we'll try and get Rufus on later on this week. I've got to do many different shows this week, so I'll do my best. Um, if I have to do it on the computer with him, then so be it. Um, but we will be at least back for the pregame show on Friday, uh, maybe even Saturday since it's not 11 a.m., so we will get it up at some point. But uh, everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching on YouTube. Subscribe to John Hoover's YouTube channel if you want to watch us, if you want to see more OU content. John does a great job, and he's getting quicker and quicker with uh, uploading videos. That's right. <laughs> I noticed that. Like, I get the notification on my phone. It's like, oh, he's getting quicker. He's getting yes. fast. Yes. But, it's uh, an art form. Yeah, subscribe to everything. It's all free, so why not? Um, but, yeah, for Mr. John Hoover, this is Brady Trantham. Y'all have a good rest of your day. Listen to Brady Trantham Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Follow him on Twitter at Brady Does Sports. Catch all of John Hoover's work at thefranchiseok.com. Follow him on Twitter at John E. Hoover. And be sure to catch all of his radio call-ins throughout the week on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Subscribe, rate, and review all the podcasts in the Franchise Podcast Network. The Sam Mays Podcast, All In, Inside OU, OKC82, and Intimate with TV's Jerry can be found in all the places you listen to your podcasts. Seriously, just subscribe. You don't even have to listen.